Go with me really quickly. Acts chapter 1 verse 24 through verse 26. Mm. Acts chapter 1 verse 24 through verse 26. When you have it, stand with me for the reading of God's word. When, when you have it, say amen. And they prayed and said, Thou Lord which knowest the hearts of all men, show whether... Uh, these two thou hast chosen that he may take part of this ministry and apostleship from which Judas by transgression failed that he might go to its own place and they gave forth their lots and the lot fell upon Matthias and he was numbered with the eleven apostles and they gave forth their lots and the lot fell upon Matthias. Share this word with somebody. Tell them it fell on me. You could be seated in the presence of the Lord. It fell on me. The three years of gospel ministry that Jesus laid out in the earth encompassed miracles and signs and wonders teachings in the form of parables what is a parable a parable is a earthly story with heavenly depth it would not with enticing words to tickle the the intellect of the ideologies of the philosophers of his day but he spoke in agricultural terms so even the common man could understand it. And I believe that's our challenge with discipleship and evangelizing. Because oftentimes it is hard to take something so expanded and put it in simple terms. That's why I was moved today that Brother Jason Clark, Deacon-elect Jason Clark, when he came to the podium today, he said, I feel led to share my testimony in cliff notes. <laughs> in other words, I want to tell enough that you get the message, but not too long that you get lost in the details. Uh -huh. You know, you know, a modest skirt. <laughs> Amen. Short enough that it's in style. <laughs> but long enough to cover. <laughs> Amen. That's just old school teaching. Don't y'all pay attention to that. <laughs> Don't y'all pay attention to that. The ministry of Jesus encompasses these things. But while he's going around performing these miracles and teaching, among multitudes of people, he had a consistent group around him the whole time those that he chose they didn't sign up he chose them i say this at least three times a week as i preach all over the place you haven't been called by god until you've been inconvenienced by god and god never calls someone to do something that's not already doing something so all of those who are sitting on the sideline waiting for god to call them you may have missed it <laughs> Because he chooses us even in the furnace of our own afflictions. While we're in the struggle. 
while we're in the push and the press. I mean, they were on the fishing banks, fishing, making a living. And Jesus approaches them and says, mm, drop your nets and follow me. You're going to keep fishing, but I'm going to make you fishers of men. I want everybody to look at somebody and tell them he chose them. He chose them. Fishermen and tax collectors. Huh. Tax collectors. I mean, oftentimes we try to say that Luke was one of the 12 because he's one of the gospel writers, but he wasn't. He comes later. I mean, we want, we want Luke to be one of the 12. Why? Why? Because Luke was a physician. That looks good, right? That sounds good that he had a doctor following him. No, fishermen. Hmm? Tax collectors. You don't want a tax collector in your group. I mean, a tax collector is like an IRS agent. Nobody wants to hang out with them. <laughs> no one brags about, hey, what are you? I'm an IRS agent. I don't want you to sit at my table and eat with me. Because <laughs> I feel like you're counting my money. <laughs> you're looking at my watch and you're looking at my shoes. Uh. But Jesus was not intimidated by the complexity of his company. How do I know he wasn't intimidated by the complexity of that company? Because he chose them. And this is how we know God is not intimidated with our complexity. Hallelujah. I need you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, I'm confusing. No, no, I know it. I know I'm confusing. No, no, not my presentation, but my person. Hallelujah. You know, not my presentation. Our, our presentation is always put together. We, we check it out in the mirror. We make sure things are lined up properly. Depend on who we're sitting with depends on what vernacular we use. We got a work voice. <laughs> we got a friendship voice. We got an at the house voice. You know, I grew up with, with the different voices. Glory be to God. Well, mama would be on the phone and say, yes, thank you. And I'll, call, I'll make the payment on Monday. Y'all turn that TV down. Yes, I'm sorry. We're complex and God is not intimidated by any of it. Glory be to God. Yes, you're saved and still being saved. And we're committed to the day of salvation. I need you to look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, and he chose you. And he, cho he, cho he purposely chose them that were not noble. He purposely chose those who had inward contradictions. Hmm. Because God is glorified. And God's strength is magnified. In the presence of our weaknesses and infirmities. And I know some of you, in your mind, you want to be good enough for God to choose you. You want to get everything straightened out about your life before you serve him. And you want to straighten yourself out before you join the church. Because in your dialogue, you have said, I don't want to be a hypocrite. Glory be to God. But I want to tell you something that maybe you didn't know about yourself. You don't have the ability 
to strain yourself out. Oh, I'm going to preach the gospel in here and I'm going to go about my business. You don't have the ability to clean yourself. You don't have enough willpower. I need some people who've been saved in here to be honest with me. That the only reason why I'm saved, I'm saved by grace, through faith, not by my works, lest any man should what? Both. I need you to look at three people. Tell them I can't take the credit for where I am. I can't. I can't take the credit for where I am. Anything good about me is God. My God. If anything is bad that I did, don't blame God for it. It's just I haven't been submitted. But we used to grow up in church that says, please be patient with me. God is not through with me yet. Because when he saved me, there's some things changed about me immediately. And there's some stuff he's still working on. Come on. Come on. He's still working on. You ought to celebrate every victory if you used to smack a whole pack if you used to smoke a whole pack of cigarettes and you're down to two a week thank god that you're down to the two come on somebody hey if you struggle with fornication and used to have a living boyfriend now you only visit her one month thank god for the why y'all not saying that i'm in here thank god i'm not where i want to be but i praise god i'm not where i used to be before you judge where i am you need to know where i started Maybe I need to cut that out. To cut out the message. Tell your neighbor you got to know where I started. You got to know the family I came from. I might be doing a whole lot better than what you think. Woo. If you come on somebody, I'm not judging my cousins. I just realized that would have been me if God gotten a hold of me when he did. Hallelujah. There are times I beat myself up in condemnation because I wanted to be perfect enough for God. And I felt like I wasn't enough. But God had to take my mind back and remember and remind me where I came from. Where would I be if he hadn't found me when he did? And it's a simple way I say it like this. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, my soul cries out hallelujah not about my car not about my job not about my house thank god for saving me i need to hear the sound of the redeemed in this room i need to hear the sound of the redeemed you weren't redeemed with the blood of bullocks you weren't redeemed with the blood of rams but we were redeemed through the precious blood of jesus I need you to get to somebody tell them you could never save yourself. Come on, I need everybody to say it to somebody in this room. Tell them you can never save yourself. And he chose me. Weaknesses and all. He chose me. And he fed them all with the knowledge of the Zechariah prophecy. What are you talking about, Bishop? He walked with them, slept by them, fed them all, served them all, taught them all. He just says, this is a message for y'all, but, but not for, no, he taught them all. He fed them all. He slept by them all. He chose them all, even with the understanding of the Zechariah prophecy. What's the Zechariah prophecy, you may ask? And with 30 pieces of silver, he will be 
betrayed. Whew. Knowing the psalm of David that says, I could have handled it better if it had been an enemy. But it was my own acquaintance. You haven't been hurt and experienced a depth of hurt until it came from somebody that has sat at your table, rode in your car, huh? ate off of your debit and EBT card. You, you, you haven't experienced the depth of hurt until you've been hurt by somebody that got your last name and y'all got the same parents. Come on, somebody. You haven't experienced hurt because they, they can't hurt you unless they're close enough to do it. Knowing this, he still fed them all. Ask the person beside you, ask them, how are you doing with that? Can you serve them knowing them? Can you still love them knowing them? Glory be to God. Whew. Can you forgive them without them asking? And Jesus did it. Jesus being God in human flesh, omniscient in his knowledge, knowing all things still chose Judas. Now, the topic of predestination, especially when it comes to the Calvinistic versus Arminian argument, becomes very complex. So I would definitely not dive into that on a Sunday morning. But my challenge is, if God already knew and chose him, what choice did he have? <laughs> I want to live to you because somebody would say that's not fair if it was already predetermined or preordained then what choice did Judas have but to portray I want to live to you that the that the prophecy concerning the king who would assist in rebuilding the temple was prophesied by name Cyrus the place where the Messiah would be born was prophesied by name, Bethlehem. But in this Zechariah prophecy concerning the portrayal of Jesus, there was no name attached to it. Someone would betray him. I need you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, somebody got to do it, but it doesn't have to be you. Oh, the prophecy will be fulfilled, but it don't have to be through you. I'm going to prove it to you because it doesn't say that Judas was going to do it all the time. It had been preordained that somebody would do it, but the Bible says Satan entered into him. That means that came a moment where he yielded. See, Satan is always looking for somebody to use. That's why the Pauline epistle says, neither give place to the devil. Tell your neighbor, don't let the enemy use you. 
I know you in church and all, but Judas was too. Don't let the enemy use you. The enemy don't have a voice unless you give him a voice. Don't let him get in your conversations. Don't allow him to start letting you be jealous and start competing with other people and comparing yourself, becoming an assassin, tearing down other people's character and tearing down other people's reputation. Don't give place to the devil. Use your voice as an instrument of life and not an instrument of destruction. Tell your neighbor, don't let the devil use you. I know you in church and you real spiritual but all of us if we give him space we will be an instrument of division instead of an instrument of unity hey, don't let the devil use you don't give him place because the enemy can use any of us we get in a vulnerable place y'all don't want to be honest with me in here because when we talk about temptation all we want to talk about is who tempted us I've been trying to do right. See, that's why I got to separate. That's why I got to separate because they always trying to pull me back to my past. That's why I have to block them. But how, how about when the times you need to be the one that's being blocked? Y'all don't, y'all look at y'all. Y'all in this section, y'all acting funny. I need somebody to be honest with me. How about the times you need to be rebuked? That you were the tempter. You the one was trying to lure somebody back. Don't give place to the enemy. Don't give place to the enemy. It has to be somebody. But it doesn't have to be you. Don't let it sit on you. Now, I want to help you because all of us can deal with the spirit of jealousy. And jealousy is cruel as the grave. That can happen between siblings. And this is crazy. I'm going to say this. It can even happen among real friends. So I know if you're my real friend, no, we're all human. We're all human. And the truth is, sometimes people can be jealous of you and they will befriend you to either disguise their jealousy or if they can't be you, they will settle for being close to you. And it becomes a thin line between admiration and jealousy. You got to be careful. Don't ever get numb and sedated by people's compliments that you're not being sober, listening and watching. Come on, somebody. I know. Listen, I'm, come on, y'all sisters. Y'all got these friends that y'all tell everything to about your husband. Be very careful. There's certain things that happen between you and your husband. It needs to be between you and your husband. Come on. Don't be talking about what he liked to eat and how they like to lay and all. Come on, somebody. You got to be very careful because everybody go through dry patches and dry seasons. And you need to make sure that they're not standing outside with a glass of water. Something's got to stay between you and your spouse. And I'm talking about even with your mama. Come on, even with your siblings. And so, so what happened is sometimes jealousy can be a, a, a seeping underbelly. It can. It can, be, it can be an undercurrent. And the best way to make sure that jealousy doesn't get a root in you is that you need to confess it. Listen, not to the person. I just got to teach this wisdom. Because I know some of y'all want to get free all the time. 
And then, uh, Brother Darius, I just want to tell you, because I just need to get free. I've just been so jealous of you. And, and to the point, I was just hoping you would fail just so I would get your space. But I want you to know I'm over it now. And I'm free. Now, you didn't got free. And Brother Darius like, oh, okay. It's okay. Some things you don't need to, com- you need to confess, but not to the person. You need to confess it to somebody that would keep you accountable. The reason why, when you put light on a dark space, it's no longer dark. And you can never be healed from what you won't reveal. And so when you open up and let the light of God in that, hallelujah, then God will begin to regulate your emotions. He will begin to regulate your spirit and give you a revelation that says, hold on, there's no need of being jealous of them because I've already put a gift in you. Come on. That person is your compliment, not your competition. I don't know why the Lord had me saying this, but it was for somebody in this room today. Because Judas says good things. That's why you got to be careful. Y'all remember, we brag about how that woman with the alabaster box broke that alabaster box and poured it on the feet of Jesus. And we brag about it like, wow, she, she poured her oil on his feet and dried his feet with her hands. It's a praise dance, right? Like, listen at the poetry of that moment, the beauty of that worship moment. Did we brag about it to this day? But everybody wasn't happy about it. Cousin Beverly. While we singing about the one with the alabaster box, everybody wasn't happy about it. Judas spoke up. Mm, let them talk. They revealed themselves. Judas says, um, I know y'all shouting about her pouring oil on his feet, but do y'all know how many hungry people we could have fed with that? I mean, that was a waste of money. That was, that was a waste of money. And you have, to, you have to be careful about being gullible and falling prey to people's good ideas. I mean, that is true. I mean, look like to me, Jesus would have stopped up. That, that don't look good, though. That, that really don't look right. And all of a sudden, you didn't got lured in with a conversation against what Jesus is doing because it don't look right to you. And you, you thought we could have spent the money a different way. Oh, I'm in the text. But you got to go to the root of it. Judas was not thinking about hungry people. He was the bag holder. He was the treasurer. And we can fast forward and already knew that he had a, he had a thing about money. That he was able to even sell out Jesus for money. Tell your neighbor, it wasn't about poor people. You got to be careful when it comes to doing work in the ministry. And people are like, we, we just need to get out in the community. I mean, these church services are good, but we need to get to the hospitals. and We need to go to the nursing home. When people do that, I said, well, I'm already going. When did you go? If you go, we did go. I mean, I'm glad they being deacons and stuff, but I don't need that. Well, if you don't need it, celebrate the person who's walking in it. Why? why? You got to be careful with your language. Because you're revealing yourself in your words. You reveal yourself in what you criticize and how you criticize it. Mm. So the Bible said, Jesus betray, uh, Judas betrayed Jesus. The 30 pieces of silver. You know the story. Now, Judas and Peter are very similar. Their actions are, 
Their actions are. Peter, Peter denied him. That's betrayal. To the point, Peter even tried to cuss to blend in with the world. And somebody said, no, you sound like them, though. You sound like the Jesus people, though. He said, uh-uh. <laughs> Anybody tried to backslide and didn't even do that good? <laughs> Exposed yourself. I, I told the story about the time before I became a bishop and I went on vacation just trying to get away. <laughs> oh, Lord, my godmother's here this morning. I should have waited another Sunday to tell him. And I, and I really, I, start, I, was, I started having a clock. I started feeling claustrophobic. I was like, hold on, I'm getting ready to become a bishop at 33 years old. And it started hitting me. Hold on, I've been in church all my life. I never got a chance to smoke weed. <laughs> I never got a chance to go to a club. And I started naming things. I, saw, I said, hold on, do I want to do this? Because the calling of God can, if you're really called by God, when God calls you, it'll scare you. Oh, I got scripture for this. It will scare you. Every time the angel of the Lord showed up to somebody concerning an assignment, the angel out there said, fear not. Why? The reason I'm telling you don't fear, because what I'm about to tell you has the ability to scare you. Tell your neighbor, my calling scares me. Not because I don't think God is able. <laughs> I'm wondering, am I capable? <laughs> and if I'm capable, I'm wondering if I'm willing. Maybe I shouldn't have preached this on a Sunday morning. And I remember being out of town and I was like, whew, you know, I need to get out here and experience life. Because I've been in church all my life. What am I missing? And now I'm about to become a bishop, so even more, my life is just leaving me. My youth is leaving me. I won't be the mighty young preacher anymore. You know? And I said, I'm going to a club. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'd already made up my mind. There was nobody there to talk me out of it. I am going to a club. Because I've never been to a club before, and I'm going to a club. Hallelujah. I got dressed up for the club. Hallelujah. <laughs> now I'm a pastor at this time. I'm a pastor. This is not my before salvation. I'm about to become a bishop within months. And I'm going through in my mind, do I want to do this? And I haven't experienced life. So everybody else be doing it. I know other preachers be doing it. So I'm going. Got there to the club. and I saw people standing outside, but I thought they were just hanging outside. I went straight to the front door. They was like, get in the back of the line. I was like, oh, oh, back here. Oh, okay. Thank you. To God be the glory. Amen. I'm like, I'm like these ushers here is me. These, they ain't got no good greeters over here. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all need some usher training. <laughs> I am standing in line. This is God's honest truth. I'm standing in line to go into a club. And all of a sudden, 
while I'm standing outside of this club, I heard somebody say, Ramp Church? They didn't know my name, but they called out my assignment. They said, Ramp Church? I was just talking about you, and this is the God's honest truth. I'm standing on a pulpit, so I have to be honest. When they said Ramp Church, I said, Oh, excuse me. I said, hello, I don't see him. I don't see him. I'm down. I don't, I don't, I'm looking. I don't see him. I said, oh, hey. I said, we down here looking for my cousin. He's been missing, but we, yeah, come on. I lied. I'm Peter. I lied. And I went back to the hotel and fell on my knees before God and I began to weep and I says, where can I go from your presence? Even when I make my bed in hell, you show up there. I need you to get out of your seat. Tell them you can't get away from God. When God's hand is on your life, when he has an assignment and a purpose for your life, you can't get away. I need you to shake somebody. Tell them you can't get away. You might as well surrender. You can't choose your assignment, but you can choose your surrender. Tell them yes. 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 Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yeah. 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 Yes, Lord. Come on down out of your spirit. Oh, I feel like walking the chairs today. Come on down out of your spirit. Tell him, yes, Lord. I want your will. I want your will. I want your way. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. You are the potter. I am the clay. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, from the bottom of my heart to the depths of my soul. Tell him yes. Tell him yes. Y'all not saying it. Tell him yes. You might as well give up. Come on, pull on somebody. Tell him you might as well give up. You can't outrun God. Go to the club. He'll show up there. You can't outrun God. You can't smoke it away. You can't drink it away. You can't outrun God. Somebody in this room, you tried to commit suicide and woke up the next day. You can't outrun God. Hey, hey. Peter and Judas did the same thing. This is the praise point. This is the praise point. When you get it, I want you to praise. I want you to figure out which one you are. Because two of us can commit the same sin and get different results. Peter and Judas committed the same sin. Whew, hallelujah. Only difference is one recovered. Which one are you? I denied him. Betrayed him, but shout, I recovered. I re- hey, hallelujah. Since I've been singing in the choir, I recovered. Since I've been preaching, I recovered. Since I've been dancing, I recovered. Since I've been baptized, hey, 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 I recovered. I recovered. I recovered.
recovered. I recovered. I recovered. I recovered. Woo. I feel like. Flow with Peter God. I need you to encourage somebody because somebody near you need to know it. Tell them I don't care what you've done. You can recover. Come on, y'all run up to somebody. Tell them I don't care how hard you messed up. You can recover. If there's still breath in your lungs, if there's still blood in your veins, you, how do you know they can recover? How? How do you know? How do you know? Because I was down, messed up, broke up. But I recovered. But I recover. Your marriage can recover. Your ministry can recover. Your business can recover. Your family can recover. Your mind can recover. Your calling can recover. Hey, this is Bishop S.Y. Younger. Thank you for watching this video. And now what I need you to do is like and subscribe to this YouTube channel so you can continue to get more inspirational, motivational, and gospel content in your direction.